Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. On this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing everything Waterford. We'll go through the history of the distillery, current news, and of course, our personal favorite aspect of the show, the tasting. With me, as always, is my intrepid and brilliant co-host, Andy Kleschik. Andy, how you doing today? Good. I mean, I'm just getting ready for a selection Sunday, and then, oh yeah, you know, about to celebrate St. Patrick's Day on Friday, so Hell yes. getting excited about everything. You got to pick one team to win the tournament. Who are you going with? I think the one team... The shocker team might be UCLA for me. Okay. But I, I think if I had to really pick, it might be Alabama or Purdue that's probably going to win it all. Maybe Kansas. Yeah. Um, but, of course, i got a root for my uh, alma mater, Xavier. Of course. That they can make it at least a deep run. I get it. Yeah. No, I think I was telling you earlier, I think Alabama might be the most talented team. I just think that the talent, most talented team almost never makes it. I worry yeah. about Purdue outside Edie. I don't know what they, you know, if they really can do it. Um I'm trying to think. Yeah, obviously, I'll be rooting for X2. I'm a Duke yeah. fan, so I'll be rooting for them as well. Don't know if either of them will quite have what it takes to go all the way. Probably not this year. Yeah, I like Houston a lot. They've got real, they're very experienced, really old guards, um, good at defense, good at turnover. So if their shooting's off, maybe they might be able to slow down the other team. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's going to be fun. And then obviously, we're looking forward to St. Patrick's Day too, which is why we're doing um, some St. Patrick's Day episodes coming up here over the next couple of weeks. Uh, as I mentioned, we're starting with Waterford today. We got one next week as well. Um, Andy, tell me some things you you love about St. Patrick's Day. Oh gosh, I mean, just being able to celebrate the Irish heritage, um, you know, there. Yeah. Obviously, we're not in Chicago, so we're not going to see the uh, river getting painted green. <laughs> right. Uh, our our river's already a deep shade of brownish green. Right. In Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, don't swim in the Ohio River. <laughs> Might grow a couple extra toes. Right. <laughs> um. But, I mean, other than that, you know, just kind of that celebration of Irish heritage and everything. That's a big thing for me. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm kind a, of our uh, Oktoberfest. I'm a big Irish. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I have Irish ancestry as well, so I'm very excited about it. Also very excited about this whiskey. So, without further ado, why don't we jump right on in, Andy. Tell the folks out there everything they need to know about Waterford. Of course. So, this is one of the youngest brands. Definitely, I think, the youngest European whiskey brand we've ever... Um, touched on here on the show uh they were originally founded in 2015 um by the well at least at the time a former co-owner of uh brooklotti distillery over in scotland um which is brooklotti if nobody knows is a uh obviously a scotch whiskey that's on the island um their distillery is on the island of isla um but he came, he decided to make the move over to Ireland and, um, you know, found this distillery on his own or co-found, uh, co-founded at least. And the grounds him and his other founders and everybody purchased were uh, in Waterford, Ireland, uh, which is kind of on the southeastern tip, I want to say, of, or closer to the southeastern portion of Ireland, um, the Republic of Ireland. Um, used to be a local brewery grounds uh, that was actually um, grounds for the former for a former brewery um, in the area for Guinness. So another big, uh, obviously Irish brand there. Um, and of course, they decided just instead of purposing it for brewing beer, they repurposed it for making whiskey. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> kind of the other national spirit of Ireland 
Um, and from the outset, basically their entire goal was to answer, in their minds at least, one single uh, question. Can each individual component, namely for them the farm, um, have an impact on the whiskey that goes into the ultimate bottle that each consumer is buying? Hmm. Uh, and a, a lot of this was, uh, you know, a lot of their... Uh, influence for this was like seeing terroir in wine like how oh like certain grapes from a certain vine in a certain part of the winery or like a certain um hillside whatever for the winery and the um wine makers you know can that have an impact can that sit there and make like a slightly different wine that kind of was their ultimate starting point using applying that idea of terroir from wine into whiskey okay at least irish whiskey sure um and you know for them they started out they're only starting out with single malt irish whiskey so it's just single obviously they're using the same idea from scotland single meaning single source or well by source i mean distillery uh and then malt just malted barley and uh to do so they work with at least a hundred different farms um, around Ireland uh, to obtain the barley, you know, which they then malt in uh, using uh, local water sources for them and a variety of different barrels um, used for like other alcohols or they're like new barrels that haven't been used previously um, to age the whiskey in. And mm-hmm. sometimes they'll even try to break down. If I have it right, look kind of looking at what they're talking about and everything, they'll try and even break down each farm from like a field to field for barley to make it even like could each field for a specific farm have a difference oh, wow. type of idea. So they're really getting to, into the science of it, sure, yeah. <laughs> trying to see what's going on. Um, and once the grain's harvested, uh, is harvested, they end up uh, storing it in their um, what they call their cathedral which is right next to their chapel to age the grain. Hmm. Um, and hmm. unlike a lot of, you know, in order to try and achieve this, is like their goal is there scientifically to see if each farm can have a difference, at least from a grain perspective, um, instead of just like putting all the barley in together from each farm, they try and as best as they can separate each grain or each uh, farm's barley into like a separate holding space. Hmm. Um, then that will hold it until they're ready to like mash it malt it and then obviously ferment it um into eventually what's going to become irish whiskey um and this you know that helps for the sourcing that helps them to trace it um but then also if they want to maybe age it a little bit longer as a grain it helps them to do that as well in order to just track everything from grain to glass basically Hmm. Uh, for each farm and then they ferment it they ferment the barley for about 120 hours which is like five days i think five or six days something like that uh before it goes through the rest of the distillation process that they do uh in order to age in each set of barrels and they typically age at least four years in a french and or american oak casks uh using that either are like I was saying earlier, either completely new barrels that have never been used before, but typically um, 
are you have been previously used for different alcohols like wines, other whiskeys, like bourbon or scotch or whatever, uh, rums, etc. Hmm. Um, to explore even more flavor that they might be able to impart on the whiskey. Uh, so it it's um, you know that that's really they're trying to sit here and see like uh, I was watching a video. Uh, earlier this week, basically they're trying to kind of create a mind fuck of a whiskey hmm. from that perspective, where it's like it's 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 almost like it's a single barrel whiskey, but not quite a single barrel Irish whiskey, hmm. as much as they can make it that. <laughs> okay. Um, in some sense, and so all of this process obviously then ends up going into their different whiskeys that they have, um, and it can be broken down into three different categories that they have. Uh, which are, as far as their whiskeys go, um, like I said, each one is not necessarily the same, but generally speaking, they have three different categories of Irish whiskey that they do. Single Farm Origins, which is one of the ones we're trying today. Um, we actually have their um, a Single Farm Origin um, from Rathclaw Edition 1.1, Um which I'd have to go onto their website to look up more about it specifically, but if it um, it's from the Rathclaw Farm in County Kilkenny in Ireland is where the grain, the barley grain, was originally sourced. Um, and on each of their single farm origins, they'll have uh, like a code that if you go onto their website, you can sit there and look up like each part of how that bottle was basically distilled. Hmm. Um, so that's that's the one that they typically have the most selling of as of right now. Um, I think they only really started having bottles, at least in our area in Cincinnati, um, start to be um, seen around here around 2019, like mid or late 2019, early 2020, around there, hmm. um, or around then. For the single farm origin. Then they have their cuvee concept, which is basically they're taking um, a bunch of different distillate from multiple different farms that they've then aged and blending it together to see how those farms might harmonize together okay. in a bottle. Kind of like a typical like blend, uh, like a blended scotch or blended Irish whiskey or like just a typical like bourbon that would be just like a bunch of different barrels or a bunch of different farms, whatever, blended together. See how they do. Gotcha. And then they have the last series that they have is their Arcadian Farm Origin, which is, um, this is their range similar to the Single Farm Origin where they um, try and take from one farm, but in the Arcadian Farm Origin, instead of the Single Farm Origin, they take a lot stricter rules in terms of like pursuing farmers uh, for this range who focus more on like the land and biodynamics, um, who focus more on trying to create better flavor for the barley and a purer flavor for the barley that they use in order to make a pure flavor for the whiskey instead of just focusing on, hey, we're going to focus on getting like a lot of yield imperatives in terms of the amount of barley they're producing. Gotcha. So there's a little bit more limited series there for the Arcadian. Cool. All right, we ready to give it a taste? Yeah. Sounds good to me. Andy already kind of laid out the whiskey that we're going to be trying today. So pour yourself a glass and join us. Um, as always, we're going to start with the nose. 
What you? What are some things you're picking up there? Kind of very fresh, springy, like some some kind of grassy notes in it, but a lot of those, it, it's like a very malty grassy note for yep. it with me. Very fruity, like a lighter fruit note for me on it. That's exactly what I'm getting. That's like spot on, 100%. Yeah. But, um, it, you know, it very much for me is like that very malty fruity note forward on the nose. Um, for sure. For me. Cool. Let's give it a taste. Cheers. Cheers. Okay. <laughs> Pretty good. I mean, I like it. Um, it's, I get a lot of like an apple or pear note on it mixed with that malty. Like again, very much like those are the exact notes that I got on the nose. Like those fruity malty notes Yeah, are there for me on the palate all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I agree. A little bit of ethanol alcohol note on it kind of in the back. And yeah. But otherwise, very good for me. Slightly, it's like, not very peaty, but slightly reminiscent of a scotch. Like, very, very light. Um, this is like the only mm-hmm. other thing that I would add on to everything you're you're saying so far. Yeah. yeah it's, it's very good. Again, Irish whiskey scotch, not really my cup of tea, but I, I, I do like it for sure. Yeah, this is definitely one of the ones I like. It's not the cheapest bottle, I will say. How All much there's... Did, it, did it run, yeah? Uh, when I got it, so I got this bottle about three years, two or three years ago, uh, in the Cincinnati area, it got me, it cost me like 95 bucks. Oh, wow. Uh, I know online I've seen it for, if you can get it shipped to you online, like 75, 80 bucks at the cheapest gotcha. around there. Yeah. Definitely not a cheap one. Yeah. So save up if you're, if you're looking for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but I definitely say like, if you get a chance to try one, especially if it's on like a bar or something. Definitely worth the pour, and if you want to spend money on it, if you like it, I would definitely say it's like a very good special occasion whiskey to have on your bar. For sure. All right, folks, that's it from us this week. Make sure you go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, leave a review, listen to uh, every episode, and share every episode of Distilled Discussions with your friends. Follow us on social media, Instagram. We really do appreciate your guys' support. Have a great week. Pour yourself another whiskey, and don't worry, America. We'll be here to drink with you next week.